Will and Emma met in college. He invited her to Shrekfest. What are you doing in my swamp? And she had a terrible time. Emma was nervous about entering a relationship, but Will kept pursuing her. Now they've been married for over three years and have two children together. I'm Tim Smith, and this is the Real Dating Wisdom Podcast, where I interview married Christian couples about their time before marriage in order to give you real wisdom from real stories of Christian dating done right. As you listen, you'll hear choice music that was meaningful to the couple during their time dating. So without further ado, here's the story of Will and Emma. My name is William Stanton. And my name is Emily Stanton. I am 26, and I will be 27 on the 13th of this month of November. Um, <laughs> and I work in construction at Messer Construction. Um, and specifically right now, I work at the Children's Hospital in Cincinnati. And I am 22, I think. Yeah. Yeah, 22. I am a mama of two babies. I've been married to Will for three and a half years now, and my job is staying home and raising these littles. What kind of dating culture were you guys raised in or surrounded by back when you were single? Um, for me, I wasn't around um, Christians growing up. I didn't go to church um, often and at my public high school there wasn't anybody around me that was dating in a Christian um, way um, so as far as me growing up dating was just like a stronger friendship and um, was never really meant to last it wasn't courting by any means uh, it was more of a status um, thing that the people would do in high school for me it was more i grew up in a really small town where everybody knew everybody all the time so the people you dated in early high school were pretty much the person you were going to marry <laughs> i feel like that happened all the time i also went to small christian school so there wasn't a whole lot of just flippant dating because the parents all knew each other and everybody knew each other so you just didn't want to mess up any relationships so i was used to people dating for six, seven years, get engaged for a few years, then get married. That was the environment I grew up in. How did your parents raise you to view dating? Um, I don't really remember my parents talking to me much about dating. So I don't think they really, they were excited for me, but they, they didn't have much input. For me, it was more, my parents said they really had to wait until you were 16 to date. Uh, and then it was the impression that my dad was to be involved, but there wasn't a whole lot of, I don't remember a whole lot of explaining what that would look like, but I do remember when boys were interested, my dad would try and step in and ask what, what's going on, who are you talking to? And when I was third, when all the girls in my family, I'm one of eight. So when all the girls turned 13, my dad would get us a purity ring of his commitment to keep us pure until we get married. And we hand that hand over to our husband so I know that there was involvement but when it came to how we should view dating I don't think my parents talked about that a whole lot before you guys met what was your experience with dating like um mine was just like stronger friendships just texting all the time and phone calls and talking 
Um, but I didn't date that often. Um, so I, I, I wasn't one of the guys in high school who consistently had a girlfriend. It was a pretty rare thing for me growing up. He was my first, <laughs> he was my first date. Wow. First date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. We actually just celebrated it a couple of days ago on the 31st is the first time I've ever been asked out on a date. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been dating kind of, cause we didn't officially start dating until I had a phone call with her dad and talked through things. But mm. our first date to get to know each other was four years ago on the 31st of October. How did you guys meet? Um, we met at our college. Um, we went to a Bible college in Waukesha, Wisconsin, called Ethnos 360. It used to be called New Tribes Missions, but they changed the name recently, I think, for availability to get into certain difficult countries in the mission. Um, my parents went there, and my grandparents went there. And, um, I got saved shortly before going there and started cleaning up and I stopped, uh, doing drugs and things like that. And then I went to Bible college and was learning a lot. And, uh, it's a two year program where you do two years of Bible and then two years of mission training. And I was there on my senior semester. So like a year and a half. And that's when Uh, Emma's class came in and she was a freshman and um, whenever uh, the new class comes in everybody at the school lives on campus and the classes are made up of like 130 kids or so Mm -hmm. so the full school had roughly 300 people but whenever the new class comes in they're in the dorms with you and they're eating lunch with you every day so you try and get to know people quickly and I met Emma and um her best friend Martina at the uh, mailboxes and I started talking to them and we ended up sitting down and sharing stories from our past and um, got to know each other like pretty quickly it was like a couple days after she had been there and I got to know her really well um, so that was the first time and we talked so I lived in New York and this is in Wisconsin the college we I went to college with two of my high school friends when one was my roommate her name was Martina and the other was a gentleman his name was Daly and Daly was his roommate so that's kind of how we got a little more acquainted with each other was because we pretty quickly became in the same friend group right yeah the um Daly who went to graduated high school with Emma he like slept in the same bunk bed as me he like slept under me so i got to know daily pretty quickly and got to know emma quickly and um 
can I can I say a quick funny side note? Sure. Um, we so Daly and I, our our moms have been best friends since they were in elementary school, and Daly and I grew up as brother and sister. And I always try to help him with his female crushes. I was always trying to help him, you know, get along. And Will was one of the first guys because I grew up feeling brother and sister with a lot of the kids in my high school. So I never really had flings anyways because of that. I was always seen as the bigger sister or whatever. And I always would text Daly's female interest, stuff like that. And then finally, a guy, Will, shows interest in me. And he asks Daly, what about this Emma? And he's like, she's okay. I got so upset. I'm like, I have been so faithful to help you. And then someone finally shows interest in me and you just talk me down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. It wasn't like we, and we started being friends like a little bit later in the semester. Um, but initially it was like the day after or the day after that, it might've been two days after, but I heard about this festival that was going on nearby and it was called Shrek Fest. It was a festival for Shrek. Mm -hmm. And I invited Emma to go and she said, yeah, sure, I'll go. And she ended up coming and did not enjoy it at all and left (laughs) early. Weird. Um, And uh, so that was like the first time we hung out in a group setting. I left early. I think I was only there for 30 minutes and then I left. Yeah, there was a lot of people dressed up as Shrek and doing weird things. Um, And I tried eating an onion raw and that really hurt. I imagine. Yeah, that wasn't fun. (laughs) So that was like a weird thing for our relationship that we did as very early friends. And then we kind of didn't talk for a while and we're in different friend groups. And then we kind of started hanging out later. Mm. So that's kind of how we met. Mm-hmm. So what was you two's initial impression of each other? Well, after the Shrek Fest, I thought he was weird. <laughs> <laughs> but no, in all honesty, though, when he first shared his testimony when I first met him, I don't think I've ever met somebody who was so forthcoming with where they have been and their passion to see the Lord. And I think that gave me a lot of respect for him as a man being honest, as well as seeing him have direction knowing that this is where I have been. This is not where I want to be anymore. And these are the steps I'm going to take. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely, even though I didn't have interest right away, I actually tried setting up with my friend. <laughs> um, well, not really. I was telling her, what about that will guy? He seems really cool and solid and passionate for the Lord. So I had a lot of respect for him. I thought the Shrek fest thing was a little weird, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I think that's like my beginning per- I think it developed definitely quickly over time. But that was my initial first couple of days of meeting him. That was my impression. Yeah, my first thoughts of Emma um, when she was sitting there with Martina is that um, I thought she was really cute, and but I I thought she was too young for me that she wouldn't go for me because I was um, going to be turning twenty three that year, and she looked like she had just got out of high school. I did. This was um, few months ago. <laughs> but. I thought she was really down to earth by the clothes that she was wearing and um, very relaxed. And I could tell that she genuinely loved the Lord. And um, I, yeah, definitely thought she was pretty. And I remember asking daily about her, um, going through her Facebook and saying, like, what about this girl, Emma? And um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I was I was interested in her from first meeting her, but I didn't start pursuing her for um a couple months after two months yeah yeah so you briefly mentioned it and it sounds like it's something that 
is important to you guys' story is your testimony. Do you want to briefly cover that? Sure. Yeah. Um, when I grew up, um, I was in a Christian household where my parents were Christians and I was raised Christian, but I don't believe I was saved until much later to where we didn't go to church often and it wasn't really important, but I wouldn't have denied Christ. Um, so I had some sort of framework of right and wrong, but when I was going to public school and got into the high school years, I started partying and drinking and then smoking weed and I got heavily addicted to marijuana and, um, pornography. And then I started to fight against it and trying to get close to the Lord. And I started seeking him and, um, I was also seeking him in fear because I was watching all these controversy videos of this dispensational, um, bent to thinking that the world was going to end in 2017, September 23rd. It was like a big thing. And I was for sure that the world was going to end and Christ was going to return on that day. Um, so I was like getting scared into following the Lord. I was also getting like, like I'm tired of being the way I am of smoking weed every day and wasting all my money. And I started seeking him and watching YouTube videos and trying to learn the best I could and going to church and Bible studies and praying about it with the Sunday school teacher that I had. And, um, eventually I just kept trying. And then my dad suggested going to Bible college and, um, we went up and visited and I was like, I definitely want to go. And I started saving up and sold some of my stuff and earned up enough money. And then when it came to marijuana, my dad, um, came and prayed with me and, um, cried and I cried. And then right after we got done praying, I went and got it while crying on my way there for something I hadn't done yet. And then, um, I ended up getting back and told my dad what had happened and just repented. And I feel like that was the time where I, um, fully trusted and fully repented, fully trusted in the Lord to save me. I was like a child at his feet, just bawling my eyes out. I can't fix myself. I can't save myself. I can't stop sinning. I need you. And it was like that helpless moment that I felt the Lord lifted me up and was able to give me strength. And I was able to walk away from marijuana entirely and without any difficulty. And, um, and then I went right to Bible college, like a couple months later. Um, so like, yeah, that was my testimony. And that's what he shared with me and my friend at the mailboxes that day. And then a few months later when he had taken me out and told me he had interest in me and wanted to pursue something further, he, we were there, I think for five hours and at least three or four of those hours, he was just letting me ask any question I wanted to. And he was completely honest about everything. And because he was under the mentality that he was ready to find a wife and he was ready to pursue a wife and he wasn't going to wait until the day before we got married to say anything, you know, and I think that gave me a lot of respect for him there too, of he's not going to mess around. He's not fooling with me. He's willing to share really hard stuff with me because he's just, he's a man with a mission to get a wife and 
that was really helpful for me. Yeah. And I was advised by some mentors when I was asking them, should I share my whole story with her on the first date? And they were like saying, yeah, that could be good. No, don't overwhelm her. Um, but it's just kind of the way that the conversation went and how I perceived that Emma was wanting to talk about things seriously and deeply. Mm -hmm. If we're really going to start this thing of you liking me, I need to know that you're put together enough to um, pursue. So um, she really wanted to genuinely get to know me. So mm -hmm. I opened up and told her exactly where I was at and explained things. And, um, and I wouldn't say that that's healthy for every couple. I will say that. I think part of it is I grew up with parents as biblical counselors who deal with really, really difficult things. Not that Will is that, but I think I've seen just some crazy things and seen people completely turn around. So I think it was a little less intimidating to me hearing those things up front. So I do want to say that, that I don't know how to encourage everybody on their first date to share everything. Right. Um, but I think in some situations it can be helpful. songs written just like prayer Like gospel hymns that you call in the air Come down, come down, sweet reverence Until my simple house and rang And rang So walk me through Shrek <laughs> to like the first date. So how, how did the relationship progress? So um, from Shrek on, um, post Shrek, she thought I was weird and we didn't talk for a little while and friend group set up college where you live on campus, just you have different friends and different things like that. And um throughout that time every time i passed emma in the hallway she would always be like hi will and i thought that she was interested in me um and as time went on she was uh we had dorm parents where someone on staff would be like over the dorm of a men's dorm and a woman's dorm and um she was in the same dorm family as me. No, I wasn't. I just always That's invited right. you in daily. Okay. I was in Ambrose's. Ambrose was my dorm family. Yeah, but wasn't Jen our dorm parents? No, you just always came along. Who was our dorm parent? Uh, oh, the Dustins. Anyways. That's right. Okay. So Emma kept inviting me. and I, That's right. Because I was on the, uh, what was it called? The event planning yeah, that's why you knew Jen. That's right. Yeah, I was on some leadership thing being a senior for uh, event planning. And Jen was the leader of that. And Jen um, was Emma's dorm parents. And they would have people over to watch movies or a campfire and stuff like that. And a bunch of people would go. And Emma kept inviting me and Daly to go with them. So I was interested in Emma and I thought she was interested in me and all of her highs and everything. And one time she invited me 
Um, and I said, yeah, I'll go. And I sat next to her at the campfire and tried to be intentional with my conversation, asking some questions and stuff. And she just was completely one word answered. Because I could tell that he was interested. And I was like, oopsies. <laughs> I made an oops. <laughs> Yeah, she wasn't really looking for someone to marry when she went to college. We want to tell him. I made the, or I didn't make a commitment, but I had said that I was going to go there for full two years without being in any relationship because I wanted to have the opportunity to do missions after that. And I knew that long term, I wanted to be a stay at home mom and raise and catechize our children. So I didn't want to settle down before I had the opportunity to do some great mission work. Hmm. Not that that's bad, but I just think that there's a, um, a sad expectation that can be on like a lot of single ladies specifically because then they think that they'll be tied down afterwards and you don't have any greater work anymore if you're just raising kids and now I realize how faulty that is mm-hmm. <laughs> but so when you- he um, so can I can I just take yeah. a side step when he's talking about like how I would invite him to places the one time we had an alumni game going on back home in New York and oh, because this I is went a little bit later. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is like the main part of the story. We should probably just Can I go right to it? Yeah, I think okay, so. Thank you. So yeah. Um I had because I went to college with my two friends, we had all said that we were gonna go home. It was like a last minute decision. It was I think it was past dinner time and we were all like, We should just drive home to New York tonight and go to alumni game tomorrow and play soccer. So we were all gonna go and then Will was there when we were discussing it and I was like, Will, you should so go and he's like why should I go? Because, you know, he was wanting me to show interest. And I was like, you can meet my church and my family. And he was like, she's totally into me. <laughs> and I was just like, this is a party. Yeah, come on. But looking back, in all honesty, I do think I had a lot of feelings for him because uh, when we got there. Here, can I explain the going part? Yeah. So I was there. They were in the gym um, by the ping pong table. And they were talking about um, whether or not they would go home to vi- go to the alumni game and it's not like they were just going to drive like two hours down the road to be at home like they live 13 hours from Waukesha Wisconsin and Buffalo New York so they had a ways to drive and they weren't inviting anybody else but I was just around them while they were talking and then they were like saying we should bring Will and they no one really directly asked us and I was talking to Daly I was like should I go I don't know if I don't really want to go that far. That's a really long drive and I don't know anybody. And um, so I was like on the fence and Daly's like, yeah, you totally don't have to go. I completely get it. It would be sick if you did, but you don't have to. So then I went down and I asked Emma, I said, why do you think I should go? And she's like, well, you can meet my family and you can see my church and you can be around um, the game and it'll be totally fun. And I thought she was inviting me because she wanted me to come meet all the important people in her life. So on that basis, I went. If she would have said um, it'll be fun or something like that or something not personal, I wouldn't have gone. Mm. But Can yeah. I keep going? Yeah, yeah. All right. And so on that trip, I had remembered feeling a little uneasy because I could tell that he was being really intentional with my dad and my mom. And I was starting to read that. And I was like, I'm going to go inside. I don't want to be out here anymore. So they all like, ate dinner out in the ministry building. And I went into the house and went to bed. My parents came into my room that next morning to just tell me what their plans were because it was a surprise for me coming home. And they were just like, we have these going on, but then we'll see you in the evening. And they were walking out and I was just waking up. And I said, Dad, there is nothing between Will and I. And my dad turned around and he said, honey, does he know this? 
And I was like, of course he knows this. Why wouldn't he know this? There's never going to be anything between us. Verbatim said that. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, okay. And they walked out. But looking back, I definitely think that that's when, or it was like, I think we went to Devil's Lake before that. I started, I think, having feelings for him because looking back, I can see a lot of jealousy moments or a lot of looking for him. Specifically, my one friend, Martina, that I have already mentioned, they, so I'm from like a really small country town and they had one of those really big, fair country pigs. Mm And we went to drop her off at her house and Will was amazed by her pig. And he wouldn't stop talking about the pig because he didn't grow up in a country. This <laughs> like, thing was massive. Was like... And I remember feeling so sad. And I was like, he likes Martina more than me because of her pig. <laughs> <laughs> I got so jealous because of her pig. And so, yeah, so that's, I think, when I started having feelings for him. He had feelings earlier than that. But I think that trip was kind of what sealed the deal for me. Yeah. Yeah. When, which trip? I think. Are you saying Devil's Lake? Or? I think Devil's Lake yeah, was before you... or after. It was like one of those two times. Anyways, it was around that time. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I feel like that was a long so time. when you told him that he was going to be able to meet your family and stuff like that for this one trip, mm-hmm. why why, why did you say that? Because I think looking back, I did have feelings and I did want him <laughs> to meet everybody because <laughs> I wanted there to be something there maybe. But I think in the first few months, I didn't think that that's why I had asked that I thought he was so silly for thinking that but now that we're married and he asks me okay but why did you say this to me I was like mm. I don't know <laughs> yeah but it was I was trying to be intentional while we were there and she just hadn't made up in her mind yet so like I was consistently while we were there I was just with daily you know but I was consistently like when are we going to hang out with Emma and her family when are we going to go over there for dinner mm-hmm. and um I argued with Daly at one point because he was trying to get Will to spend some like time with me and my family. And I pulled Daly aside and I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, he's your friend. You take him. And he's like, no, let him spend some time with you. And I'm like, I don't want him to. Because <laughs> he was also the first guy that really, really pursued me like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have like people like show interest, but he's the first person that actually pursued me. And I think I was just so conflicted of, I don't know how to feel about this. This is really weird to me. And because he was older, I knew he was ready to be more committed quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember Emma telling me recently that we were both at one place and she was going to leave and I was staying and I was like, let me walk to to your car. And she was like, why? Yeah, because it was in front of like all of my friends back at home Mm -hmm. and I knew they were all like, I think Austin made like a kind of face and I was like, no, 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 no. (laughs) I was really embarrassed. Mm Mm-hmm. So you had this talk with your dad and Mm -hmm. he was like, what did he say again? Uh, He said, honey, does he know that? And I said, of course he knows that. Why wouldn't he know that? There's never going to be anything between us. I can't remember what my dad said back, but I don't remember a conversation much after that. Okay. Mm -hmm. My dad loved him though. My parents were pushing for him from before that trip because my mom stalked a lot of the guys at the college. And she was impressed with his Facebook page and how much it pointed to Christ. <laughs> so my mom would constantly be like, what about that Will Stanton guy? So your parents were kind of pushing it a little bit. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Especially my mom. <laughs> so we went to visit and we weren't like super, like I was interested in her when we went to that alumni game. When we went and checked out New York and her family and her church and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to know her parents. I tried to be intentional at the dinner uh when we were eating pizza i was telling her mom and her dad like partial of my testimony and talking to them and trying to get to know them and um 
I asked them about their counseling and I was like, that's really interesting. And, um, I think that's really cool. Could you guys send me some paperwork on that so I can see about it? <laughs> so then they, they mailed me the paperwork, um, and they put their phone numbers on a sticky card. Mm-hmm. Um, can and- I say a quick side note? Yeah. They were also trying to convince him to like me, and my mom was telling him all the things that I've done. And I had written a book when I was a senior in high school. My mom brought it out, and she's like, "Look at this! Look at this!" And I don't remember. I think it was like baby photos she brought out. And I mean, like, I had only known this guy for a few weeks. Mm. My mom was even pushing him, like, "Marry our daughter." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I got the paperwork with a sticky note, and then it was like after we went to our first date, and I told her my whole testimony, like our first official date um i would just communicate with her through a facebook messenger and i said could i have your number now and Mm -hmm. she like was trying to be snarky and cute and say we have to ask my dad first so i walked over to the paperwork that her parents sent me (laughs) and i took a picture of it a little sticky note and said i could see it was my mom's writing too i was like steve hammond this one and she was like oh i was like where did you get that he's like your mom sent it to me i was like what else did she send to you (laughs) (laughs) yeah so her parents are all for it um yeah yeah. so tell me about the first date so the first date um so you, you agreed to it. You you knew it was a first date. Um, he never said this is a date, but I was I was told a few days before that by my dorm mom, uh, Jen. She came up to me and she's like, "Oh, so is Will talk to you yet?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> my stomach dropped, and I was like, "About what?" <laughs> she was like, "He hasn't talked to you yet," and I could tell on her face what it meant. And I was like, "Jen, what do you know?" <laughs> and she was like, "Nothing." And I was like, "Jen, you need to tell me now." I was like, "I'm gonna get sick. I I'm freaking out now because I just." I don't like that unnerving feeling of something's just going to pop like crazy like that. Mm-hmm. But I was so thankful she did because I was able to spend that whole week. I was praying about it every single morning. And I had asked other people to pray about it. And even the ways God ordained things for the both of us that day was, or leading up to that day, what gave me so much peace. Um, I don't know. There's so many little things to go into. But I was so thankful she did tell me ahead of time. And that way I wasn't able to or that way I had the opportunity to just feel more relaxed going into it, knowing what was coming or what was coming mm-hmm. rather than just some guys will ask a girl on a date and not be clear on anything. And mm-hmm. that can feel so overwhelming for a girl. Mm-hmm. So I was thankful to know ahead of time. Yeah. I didn't purposely talk to her dorm mom before talking to her. Um, but me and daily were in the laundry room and we were joking around and I said something about spending alone time with Emma and then a couple seconds later, she walks around the corner and we both like knew for sure that she had heard us. And then we drove over to drove over somewhere in the car with her. And she was like really silent and really upset and really quiet. And mm-hmm. me and Daly were like, oh, no, like she must have heard us. She's upset with us because now she knows that we're just trying to like make it to where I'm pursuing her and trying to get you know her to like me and stuff mm-hmm. and then I went and talked to um, Jen and asked her because I thought everything was already messed up and I was like um, asking how Emma was doing and stuff like Cause that. Because I went to go to talk to Jen because it had nothing to do with Will. It was something completely separate and I would go to her for counsel for things. <laughs> so I was asking her is Emma okay like is she upset with me like she was really upset when we were riding together and mm-hmm. with Daly and and I ended up 
Jen kind of knew what I was saying. And I think I told her, yeah, I have feelings for Emma. And then Jen went and told Emma and then Emma knew. And then I wanted to ask her out. So there was like later that week, I asked her out to her favorite coffee shop um, to get chai tea because that's what she was really into them. Mm-hmm. And then it was the night before Halloween. Yeah. Or night after Halloween. It was the night before Halloween. No, it was the night of Halloween. That you took me out to Mountain Top? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about it the other time. Um, yeah, that was the night of Halloween. That you so the night of Halloween, we walked to Mountain Top, um, which was downtown, and the school was downtown. It was like a five, ten-minute walk. Mm-hmm. And there was snow all over the ground. Um, so it was like two, three inches of snow. And um, we walked all the way there and then got our tea and sat down and had a five hour conversation where I just told her my whole testimony. And um, about an hour and a half was kind of small talk. And then, like, she said, let's do 20 questions. And I said, sure. And then. I think I asked one question. She asked one. You asked me if I've ever... Yeah, I guess we don't have to get into all that. Yeah, but eventually she asked like uh, about my past in one of the questions. And I said, okay, well, I can just start talking about it. And then I just, you know, mm-hmm. told her my old testimony. And then we walked back up to the school. And um, I told a bunch of people that how it went and that I was super excited. Because they were having a Halloween party mm-hmm. up there, and it was like a Pictionary, I think it's called, where one person's blindfolded or something like that. Anyways, it was in the cafeteria, and there was a big fun party going on. The professors were there, and Will had got there before me because he was a part of the setup team, and I had walked in there, and I see Will just kind of like running around to people. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is he doing? Why is he so energetic? And then I saw him go up to one of my professors and point at me with a big smile. And the professor just looked at me and nodded. <laughs> I got so embarrassed because I didn't tell him I liked him or anything. Uh-huh. I didn't know what he was saying, except for I just saw an approving smile and nod from Dave Field. And I ran upstairs. I was like, I'm not being here. And I didn't come back downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then... I can't remember what she said on our first date. She said something like, do you remember exactly? I said, I really respect you for telling me all this. And I said, I would commit to not, because at that college, there were so many flings mm. every other week. So that was, you know, people were pursuing people all the time. And I had told him, I said, I really respect you for being so honest with me. I said, I will commit to not going out with anybody else or even like allowing anything to develop with till I make a decision on you. I can't remember how exactly I worded it, but it was along those lines. Mm-hmm. Of like I won't even talk to another guy until I can make a decision on whether or not I want to move forward. Mhm. Yeah, and she doesn't mean flings as in like immoral relationships, like you could be removed from the college for anything like that. Mm-hmm. She means like just yeah, everybody just being like I like you, you like me. Let's chit-chat all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like you see a guy and a girl watching a movie together alone in a corner. All yeah, I just quiet. Meant I wouldn't be intentional with any other guy. That girl would be with a different guy the next week, and you know, yeah. um, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, once people saw you together more than three times, everybody's mm-hmm. like they're dating, you know. Um, so yeah, she just yeah said that it was okay if I pursued her mm-hmm. um, and remained friends. Yeah. And then I was still confused. I think a week after that, and I had told him, I said, I really don't know what I'm thinking right now. And I said that I would like you to continue pursuing me. So I knew that I really wanted him around, but I just didn't know how to 
mark out my emotions on it. <laughs> mm. So I had asked him to continue pursuing me while I figured it out. How did you figure it out? I don't know. We're here now. <laughs> That's all I know. Yeah, there wasn't like something that no, exactly clicked. clicked. Yeah. I mean, uh, when he asked me to be his girlfriend officially, he had mm -hmm. talked to my dad first. And then he asked me if I could meet him downstairs on the West Wing or whatever it was called. And I said, okay. And I knew it was coming because I knew he had talked to my dad. Mm -hmm. And I went down there. But I was, I don't know why I felt so freaked out about being in a relationship and being committed. I really don't. I don't know why it was so confusing in my emotions. It sounds silly and immature. It does. But. It was just something I really struggled with. Mm -hmm. And I met with him and he wrote me a card and wrote me a poem asking me to go courting with him. And I told him as long. What? And I got your flowers. Yeah. But you gave me flowers after I said this. So I was like an extra bonus point for you. <laughs> how nice you were. I was sitting on the ground and he asked me if I wanted to be his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And my only response was, as long as you know, this doesn't mean I do. And she was, was like, really, okay. yeah, she was not doing good. She was down in sweatpants and a hoodie, a hoodie and, and just, as long as you know, this doesn't mean I do. And he was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, and he true. was like, here's some flowers. And he, he asked me, like, is it okay if I give you flowers? And I was like, sure. <laughs> and then I took off classes the next day to cry. I was so confused. <laughs> <laughs> and then she spent the whole day crying. <laughs> yep. Um, but it's wonderful now. Yeah. I love him now. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't crying because like we had any problems at that point. I was just confused. She was just confused dating someone. She was just like, this wasn't on my agenda. Um, this seems really long-term, high commitment. And mm -hmm. just, yeah, she just wasn't able to wrap her mind around it. And mm -hmm. Just spent some time crying. I felt great. Um, and I was, yeah, I, I didn't have any like doubts in my mind. I wanted a... So basically the only thing I was looking for in a wife is someone who like honestly loved the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, and I could see that in her and I thought she was beautiful and I was going to pursue her. And, um, and everything that I had seen from her so far, going home and meeting her family and all the different things that I've seen about her, um, everything checked out and I knew that I would be happy and honored and blessed to marry someone like that so i just kept pursuing and i didn't have any reservations uh, whatsoever Now that you guys are together at this point, mm -hmm. how did the nature of your relationship change? Um, during marriage? We got married pretty quickly. We met and got married in under a year. So we met in August of 2019. We started dating in October 2018. And then we got engaged May of 2020 and then married in July of 2020. Okay. So we developed pretty quickly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So obviously my feelings changed pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the question? What are you asking? Like, how did we change from dating 
to engagement to marry or how has our marriage developed since the beginning of marriage till now? So now that you guys are official boyfriend, girlfriend. Oh yeah. How did your, your conversations, the oh, time you spent together, how did all that change? I see what you're saying. Yeah, it was, we just couldn't find enough time to talk. We just were consistently talking and would talk and talk and talk. And it was always really deep conversations or just spending time talking about little things. Um, yeah, we would just continue to talk and talk. Um, Another side note that I, I knew ahead of time was I knew that whenever I had gotten married, I would want to make a dating journal of all the memories. And I had started that before we even started dating. So oh. looking back, I definitely, I'm like, there's no reason I would have started that if I did not know I really had feelings for this guy. Hmm. But yeah, I had kept stuff from Shark Fest. I had kept stuff from, <laughs> okay, well, no, I think I got a sticker from somebody else for Shark Fest, but it was something around that time. Yeah, you got that from Daily. Oh, that's right. Well, there was one other time where we all hung on a group thing and he gave me an acorn. I mm. had the acorn. It's still in our bedroom. Yeah, we wow. were just friends and I gave her an acorn cap. Oh, and then a Culver's and I coin. Said, Here's a that gift. was before we were even in the same friends group. So we have like Culver's coins. Do you know what a Culver's is? It's um, like no. McDonald's kind of. It's okay. like a chain restaurant for ice cream and okay. you can get a free scoop. Yeah, it's like Dunkin' Donuts, I think. It's like. They got uh, fried cheese curds. And, Anyways, yeah, you can get free coins, and it's just a big blue coin that says, like, one free scoop. And I watched him put it under my water bottle, and he didn't know I was in the room of the class. And I went up to him and asked him afterwards, I'm like, why did you give this to me? And he tried playing off. He's like, oh, well, if you get silly on sugar, so I thought I'd give it to you. And I was like, that's super weird. But then I played with it every single day in class, and now it's also in our bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, she was definitely devoted subconsciously. She could mm. never say the words, but everything that she did, it made it seem like she was all in. Mm. So, but our conversations were pretty serious, pretty quick, and I think because both of us knew we wanted to not fool around. I didn't grow up with a lot, like I said, a lot of people around me were dating for seven years or so before mm. they got married, and I just knew a lot of that. But I also knew a lot of people that got too close too fast. And so for me personally, I knew that I didn't want to play the emotional game of when is he going to propose to me. And I knew that both of us didn't want to play the intimacy game of how far can we go for how long mm -hmm. and or how far can we not go for how long. Uh, so I think we both knew we wanted to get married pretty fast and didn't want to mess around with each other. So our conversations are really deep, really fast and a few months after we started dating, I think just three months, he was still working through some things and he moved out to New York actually to live with my parents. And that scared me because I thought he was going to break up with me. I love my dad so much and respect him that mm. he is a weird fellow. He is. And <laughs> I super love him and I really respect him. Um, we have a great relationship and I really, really love my father-in-law. But when I first moved out there um, so that they could just give me counsel and mentorship, accountability, yeah. accountability, get me plugged in with the uh, church groups. And um, he helped me start a men's group and got me a mentor. Um, but first getting there, yeah, that was really intimidating and really difficult. I moved into their basement um, after graduating. And then um, when I knew then I'm like, this guy really loves me. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, so I was uh, 
That was during COVID. It, we had been dating for about a month and a half because it was in January. About a month and, I mean, and a half. I mean, he was a 23 year old man, you know, and to go under the roof of another man like that when he has been out of anybody's roof for a long time mm-hmm. was something that really spoke a lot to me. Like, he's committed to growing in the Lord and he's committed to making both me and my parents comfortable mm-hmm. by such close accountability by your future father in law. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, I wanted to marry her and I was still struggling with things online and I was being honest with Emma. I was being honest with her dad and, um, yeah, he offered and I knew that I wanted to marry Emma. So I was like, okay, I'll move into your basement and it went great. It was definitely awkward at first and it took some time to learn. It was also awkward with them, like being my, um, possible future in-laws and wanting to appease them Mm. make sure that they were okay with me um it took a while for um things just to be normal and natural with them and um but yeah and then COVID hit emma moved back out back to new york when the college shut down and she um stayed in a building on the property of her parents' house. So we were in the ministry building. They have housing for women in crisis situations. And because there's nobody present in one of the apartments, I stayed up there. Yeah. Yeah. So she was like on the property, not in the same building. And, um, yeah, we just continued dating during COVID and, uh, we didn't go out on many dates. Um, yeah, we couldn't, everything was closed down. Yeah. Everything was closed down. So we didn't really go out to movies or much. Mm Mm-hmm. And then how long was it before you got engaged? From me moving out there? I think I moved back home in the beginning of March, and then we got engaged in the beginning of May. I also had my wedding dress bought before we got engaged. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So we knew that we um, we wanted to get married that summer, mm-hmm. and I knew that with COVID and everything, it would take a long time to ship out a wedding dress, and mm. it took a while for my ring to get in, so... It was the beginning of May, I think May 7th is when he proposed, and I had my dress, I think, in April, because I was worried about it not getting in in time, so. So I didn't just, like, go ahead and buy it without talking to him first. Right. Yeah, so how many months is that? Like, I don't know. Between, yeah, like, what when it... I moved out and got engaged. I think that was just three months, and then it was three months after getting engaged till I got married. Were you waiting for anything, like, before you proposed? My parents' comfortability with his growth. Yeah. Yeah. I think just, I don't know. Like just, we still had a lot to talk through getting to know one another. Um, Because we had very different backgrounds too. And so when you're going to be getting married and you both know you want children, that's something to talk through, especially when there is such a vast difference. mm -hmm. Uh, Just making sure that you are on the same page. Not that you have to be on the same page as everything, you know, because you're, I mean, our theology has even changed within the last three years by a lot. So it's not like you have to be on the same page as everything. But when it comes to practicality and things like that, you know, those are a lot of things we needed to work through quickly. Yeah, I think it was just the difficulty of the situation because I've never really thought, like, why did it take me long to get engaged to her? Because it felt like really quickly for me. Um, I think, yeah, just getting to know our family of, and getting settled and stuff mm-hmm. like that and the rest of my family too so i have a really close-knit family group and 
we have family meetings a lot and make family decisions a lot. My family's not Presbyterian, but they sure do act like it. I will say that. <laughs> I'm sorry if any of you guys are listening to this right now. <laughs> but so we would have family meetings on a lot of things. And my family, my siblings knew why he had moved out. And a lot of my siblings had very were very uncomfortable with us getting married so quickly. And um, so we had to have a whole... We had many talks on it, and then we had to have an official sit-down meeting about us getting married. So yeah. this guy went through a lot with my family. Yeah, and so I, I, I was in New York, and um, I was being counseled with looking at inappropriate things online and um, being honest and talking to them about it, but they wanted to... One of the siblings didn't feel comfortable with us moving forward and didn't know whether or not he wanted... To participate in the wedding um and so i can understand especially when some other couples have had some real hurt in the marriage they wanted to see growth and because where we grew up everyone had been dating for so long before they got married so it was really uncomfortable and everyone because we lived in such a small town i'm the only person that had been out of like the state like right after high school so everyone got married to everybody in that small town so me bringing in some guy from the outside freaked them out too it's like is this guy being honest is this right. guy being real right you know we have nobody to account for him that we know mm-hmm. right so i sat down they wanted to call a meeting and have an official meeting with um, the whole family so emma's parents were there and then how many siblings all of my siblings are there even the ones that were out of state were on the phone right but like how many siblings Oh, uh, counting in-laws, there was six adults there other than us and my parents. Okay, so six um, siblings with their spouses, and then Emma's parents, and then um, me. And then we had one of the siblings on a phone call, and we all talked about what repentance is like and where I was at and whether or not it was okay for me to be marrying Emma so quickly. Um and I went into that meeting just trying to trust the Lord and hoping everything would work out. And, um, yeah, things did go well. And, um, one of the siblings said, you know, something that, um, can attest for Will being in repentance is he's in this meeting right now. He's sitting in front of a bunch of adults talking through things and being completely upfront and, um, talking about it. So, um, so yeah, I was able to have the blessing of the whole family and we were able to get married and everybody um, stood up in it and we didn't have any complications with any family members in the getting married process. Um, so yeah, it was wonderful, but it was difficult. Her family is very close and they still meet once a year, um, which is a huge blessing. But yeah, they were trying to protect their young sister and... Um, I respected that and um, talked to them and worked through things when they were uncomfortable and it all worked out for the really good.
Well, how did you propose? So I talked to her dad about um, different ideas he might have because I had, we would go down to this um, bridge um, near the gas station and it's kind of like a park where a lot of people go fishing and we'd go down there and sit and stuff. And that was special, but it was kind of more normal and casual. So I was asking her dad, I said, Hey, I got a few ideas. What do you think? And he said, cause they've to give a backstory. Emma's only lived in two houses growing up. She lived in the one on one road and it was a huge house. It was like how many bedrooms? I don't know. I don't know. I, probably like six seven it was an old victorian big house yeah this really big nice house and then after that they lived in the house that they live at now and when emma was growing up in that first house she used to go climb up on this red shed and sit on the roof of it and watch the sunrise or sunset the sunset there was sunset. I, I grew up out in the cornfields and there was like about a mile long of a cornfield out behind our house and so i'd climb up in the shed watch the sun go down and then watch the stars come out so I that was a place that her dad proposed. He said, what if we just drove over there and asked if we could use their shed? Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm down. So we drove over to the guy's house who was living there now, which was like two homeowners since he lived there. And we couldn't find a place to knock on the outside. So we're like inside their garage knocking. And the guy comes to the door and he's like, hey, we used to live here. Can my son-in-law propose out on your shed? And the guy said, yeah. We told him what time and everything like that. And he said, yeah, that's fine. So I um, I went beforehand and I set up a picnic up there and I had like cheesecake and guacamole and chips and um, there could not have been a more sparkling water. I cried and, so hard because I had missed that house a lot. All of my core family memories were there and my parents had moved out of there to take on or to create a ministry right across from the public school. So then I was like right in the dead center of town and that was not what I was used to. So going back there, I mean, he had thought of like really pretty places to propose to all sorts of things. And I don't think there could have been a more perfect spot. I just sat up in the shed and just looked out in the field and just cried. Yeah. Yeah. I had all sorts of things prepared, but, um, Emma's mom helped coordinate it where she was telling Emma she had to take her somewhere. Which is funny because my mom said, let's go out to Tim Hortons and let's wedding plan. Before I was even engaged. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And so we went to go wedding plan. And then my mom said, first, let's just go to the old house just for memory's sake. And, you know, you're about to get married. So let's just go check it out. And so she pulled back into the field. And then I saw Will there in a tux. And I saw a bunch of flowers on top of the shed and a little ladder. And, mm-hmm. and then I proposed. And I think I read you a poem. Then, yeah, maybe, you did. Maybe I read it to you. I don't have it up. Oh, um, yeah, I, I wrote her a poem. That's another thing. I wrote Emma poems periodically when we were dating, mm-hmm. um, which is simple and really fun, and Emma really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And I think I read her a poem, and then, um, yeah, then we went up there and hung out for an hour or two on this little shed looking at corn (laughs) and uh (laughs) then we got down and packed up and went back and then we were engaged um and took Mm -hmm. some engagement photos at her sister's house wow yeah so then how did you guys spend the time between engagement and marriage um 
right after that is when you started waste management. So you were busy a lot. Yeah. So I started working at waste management. How long did I work there? Like two months? Yeah, like two and a half months, I think. Something like that. When you work at a garbage disposal company and you're hanging onto the back of a truck, they stop at like 600 houses and a lot of the houses don't have the lever things. You're picking up a week's full of garbage 600 times and it wears you all the way out. I mean, I didn't have any time when I got home. I would just be laying there and sleeping mm-hmm. or laying there. I mean, I didn't have any time to spend with Emma or anything like that. And I got overtime and paid well, but it was incredibly hard. And just every day moving a couch into the thing or just whatever people would bring out logs or some people would bring out grass and dirt in the city. Um, all sorts of weird stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I just worked and Emma did a lot of the wedding planning by herself with her mom and sisters. I know that was really hard on him, but if anything, I think it was helpful on those. Cause I think it's hard for couples, um, before the wedding to stick to their commitments of, you know, of their boundaries. But because he was so beat all the time, even on the weekends, it I think it's helpful. I think it's good for a young man to work, and it was helpful for us. Yeah. So you were still living with her parents at the uh, time? No. No, at that point, um, some counselees of Emma's parents had a place going up for rent, and it was like this one-bedroom. Studio-type thing. Bedroom. It was like a bedroom and a half, um, little studio-type thing. And... Um, yeah, I moved into that, and it was really nice. Um, but it was on the same road as my parents, so we were still really close. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, was, it was still pretty close. And then, so I know your parents were very involved in you guys' relationship. Mm-hmm. Were your parents very involved, or were there other parties that were there to support you guys, give you advice? I think it was mainly Emma's parents, because I can't think of any friends that were... Well, no, we had the marriage counselors. Yeah, yeah. We had them, and then our so pastor they was did, really involved. They did premarital. We started meeting with them, so we asked. Here, it, can, oh, go ahead. Let me answer his question first. My parents weren't. They were involved as far as hearing updates and everything, and were in approval and um, gave counsel uh, occasionally, but they weren't like as up to date as what Emma's parents were. But um. Yeah, I just wanted to put that in, so I answered his question starting off. But yeah, but then we also had um not for any reason. We love them, and they're they're all great. It was just they lived in different states, and um, yeah, it was just kind of hard to keep everyone really involved. Yeah, so we were in Buffalo, New York, and then my mom was in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and my dad was in Huntsville, Alabama. So they were very far away, and I don't. They never came to visit during our dating period or engagement period, or they came for my. My dad came for my graduation. Did my mom? No. Okay. So, yeah, my dad had met Emma once, and my mom hadn't met her at all. No, I met your mom once. We went down for two days, and I got to see her. No, we went down for one day, I think. I saw her. Yeah. When we, It was after we were engaged. Yeah, I met his parents. Because his dad, I technically met at dinner one time, mm-hmm. but we were just dating for a few weeks, and none of us were like, this is the real deal. We really have to be intentional. His dad was just excited to see him and 
I don't think thought I was going to be because I don't remember talking to his dad really at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we were engaged a month after or so, we went down for a road trip so I could meet his mom and his dad for just a day or two each, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, we went down and visited. Um, but yeah, they weren't they weren't super involved. But we did have um, premarital counseling with our pastor. And then we also had um, some marriage mentors, uh, which was a couple in the church as well, um, the Joneses. And um, we still stay relatively updated with them. Mm-hmm. It's like every other month or so. Um, it's no longer specifically marriage with us being so far away. Um, but yeah, we still keep up to date with them. And then how was physical intimacy handled during your time dating and engaged? Um, we had different um, kind of rules or standards or things that we would do that were imposed at certain times and then loosened up on or maybe loosened up on and then tightened up on. It just depended on where we were at. So when we were first dating, or we didn't kiss until we were engaged, and that was something Emma requested and I wanted things to go very well and did not want to have any mess ups before getting married. Um, so I was all for it. So yeah, we didn't kiss until we were engaged. And then, um, well, technically we kissed a week before we got engaged because I got impatient. <laughs> I forgot about that. And okay. he did not kiss me back. <laughs> well, me, I thought what we... are you doing? And I said, I asked my mom. <laughs> He's like, well, you didn't ask me. <laughs> so that answers the first question <laughs> or the first kiss. <laughs> question so yeah the uh the first kiss was something where we were in a deep conversation emma just plants went on me and i didn't want to kiss her back because i we committed not to so i didn't mm-hmm. and i was trying to be holding it together for us and then she <laughs> was like well i talked to my mom and she said it's okay since we're getting engaged so soon and then yeah. So then, then after that, when we started kissing, but um, but yeah, for dating, we didn't do any kissing. We also had a rule of not laying down together, um, not staying up super late together, watching movies at the college. Um, whenever she came over to not the texting late too, being yeah, with that. not texting late. Whenever she came over to my apartment when I was living at the college, always had someone there. Um. Mm-hmm. And then when he had his apartment at the other place, we'd just keep the door open. And my parents, because they lived on the same street, they would just give periodic, like, no warning pop-ins. Mm-hmm. And that was really helpful, too, because it's like you have no idea when your dad's going to walk in the room. <laughs> and there mm-hmm. was, like, one time where I think we were kissing more than we should have. And all of a sudden, my dad's like, hello. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, we were a little more um, understanding that we got to be a little more wise and... And I kept my mom involved too. And I would, there was times where I felt like if the Lord is really gracious with us. And I am thankful to the Lord that, you know, we had little things that, you know, we could have done better. And that I think every couple is going to feel that way. But overall, like I think the Lord really kept us pure unto Him. But there was times where I could tell that things were hard for me. And I would ask my mom, I was like, please keep me accountable to this area. Like, the one time you know we went out a little too late at night and i told my mom i said after this time don't let me out of the house like 
please help me. Mm-hmm. And I think that really helps just having another accountability partner on my end. And I know I remember times he was honest with other people. And um, I think just having people up to date and honest with you or that you're honest with. Yeah. Yeah. That really helps just staying in full communication and just doing practical things like not staying up late, not going somewhere alone late, like just different practical things that can be really beneficial. Um, uh, another tip that I heard from someone at college is not watching like a movie together alone at night because movies like put your mind at an idle, relaxed mm-hmm. state of mind. You're not really alert mm-hmm. and it causes people just to do things in a relaxed, nonchalant way because they're halfway attendant attention on something else and it kind of puts your guard down when you're thinking about something else um so late night movies alone um he just recommended don't do that for dating and stuff um but yeah we'd we'd have different regulations that we'd tighten up and loosen up and mm-hmm. um overall it was really good um and we'd yeah. communicate those boundary changes too with other people you know we're not like oh, we should loosen up a little bit it was like okay we're not really struggling in this area anymore let's talk with somebody else and you know we tell them like hey this isn't really a boundary for us anymore but this over here is a boundary now because this part's hard so i think you have to understand that you go through seasons like that and it's okay to adjust things and it's also not good to be like legalistic about things and just have everything down to a t you know Mm -hmm. you just gotta play it by ear and use common sense and um you know me and Emma had a thing where we were kissing a bunch. So I said, how about we just kiss once an hour? And then those once an hour kisses would last <laughs> 30 minutes or something. So. Like it's still one kiss. Um, and I was like, that wasn't really just one kiss. And I was like, yes, it was. We didn't lose connection. <laughs> so you don't need to be legalistic about it where you just, but there are practical things that are very helpful, you know, so. Don't think it'll save you, but also use the means that you have at your disposal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, is there any way you would have handled your time before marriage differently? Like when we were together? This could involve uh, everything from when you first met to, you know, the day before marriage. Probably for me, relax it a little bit. I think because I was so fearful. I think something I had also some I meant Jen, the lady that I had mentioned a few times. Something she had caught on. She told me, she said, "I think you're confusing lust with love," and I think I'd feel flirty with him and like feel butterfly feelings, and I would think that that's lust, and I would shut it down. And I know I struggled with that a lot. Anytime I thought he's really attractive, I would think, "Wait, that's wrong. Don't think that." Hmm. And I think because I kept shutting those feelings down made me so confused and then just bottling all that up would make me just emotional sometimes. And I think at times it just, I'm very grateful for how gracious he was and how strong he was in him, his, his own confidence. Cause I do think at times I was disrespectful and how I would just, you know, he'd ask me, would you like to go to this place with me? And I'd be like, no. <laughs> and I would just be really cold. And that I was never like that with anybody else. I can honestly say that times where we were on the rain one time i was actually at shark fest and he looked back and he said are you okay and i was like you're in it too <laughs> the rain because i was like seriously don't baby me mm-hmm. i think is yeah i just i think looking back i wish i relaxed a little bit understood that it's 
just because you find somebody attractive, just because you admire them, just because you have butterfly feelings is not sinful lust. That's not how God designed it. So I think looking back, I wish I was a little more relaxed and a little more respectful. I can't think of anything that I would have done differently in the dating period. It kind of came together in like a Hallmark movie and like the, mm-hmm. <laughs> how we, you know, kind of met and um, the friend group and everything like that and stuff like that. It was just really fun things. I think I could have maybe spent more time with her dad. Um, I did you spend, lived in his basement. I did spend a lot of time <laughs> with your dad. I can't. What could, I can't think of anything you could have done different. I feel like you were pretty consistent, pretty steady. I mean, definitely, like, if I didn't have trouble with looking at things online, you know, like, that would have... Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely go without that if yeah. I could change that. Absolutely. If I could have had victory before then, absolutely. Like, yeah. 110,000% <laughs> that I would have just been able to walk in victory and um be able to put that away before pursuing um i would have chosen that so um but in the lord's providence and how he ordained things to happen um the lord worked through those things to bond me closer with emma's parents take a severity on it to keep purity in the pursuit and the um engagement courting period oh can i add one more thing on what i would change yeah. I don't want to lose it. Um, is that I think I wish I asked another, um, maybe a wife, not ask like my dad or something, because I feel like that'd be kind of weird. But asking another woman what is a man's perspective on what, um, like what is considered modest and not modest, and what is hard for somebody and not, because I was really blind to a lot of things. So I think I put him in rough positions a lot um, in our dating period. And I, for any females that are out there listening to this that maybe don't have, um, like a close older brother or a father to explain things to them i would say ask a married woman what what would her what what would her husband say what what are some ways that you can help guard him as your brother in christ because there are a lot of things that girls think that guys don't think that way and they don't know what they're communicating Mm -hmm. and i think women need to learn the language because that's something doug wilson talks about is whether or not you know the language you're responsible to learn it um you know for instance if you're wearing something in Chinese on your hoodie and you're like, well, I don't know what it says. It's like, well, you're still responsible for what a Chinese person reads that as. Mm. So, you know, you need to learn the language. You're responsible for it, whether or not you know it right now. So I think that's something I would, I wish I understood earlier on and wish, um, and would encourage other young ladies to yeah. get counsel on.
What have you seen or heard of the modern dating environment for Christian singles? Um, Are you soulmates? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Very like emotional based. Like, are you, um, how does he make you feel? How do you feel about her? Um, Yeah. Are you the one that's chosen? I think of, big misinterpretation of I just need to find God's will I don't feel like God's telling me that this is correct and you know like I think that can just be really complicated for Christians um, and they're trying to make such a big decision that's going to impact for them for the rest of their life they want to know that God has this blessing with it Um, but God gives you his will for your life repeatedly each day and you don't have any choices in it. Um, no one ever feels that way about which breakfast they choose that morning, but it's just as ordained as who they marry. Um, so when it comes to finding a spouse, if um, I don't think you should be, you know, going into the wilderness and not eating anything for 40 days and 40 nights and then coming out and this is the one I choose, you know, then this one's right um, because there's, I mean, many stories of men who have completely felt 100% led by the Lord that they were going to marry this girl Mm -hmm. and then they don't. And it's like, did the Lord lie or were they, you know, getting a false interpretation? Um, so I think a piece of advice I was, that I received actually the night before he told me he had feelings for me and I knew that it was coming and I was still feeling that conflicted feeling is somebody said to me that I think it's Bonhoeffner quote. I could be incorrect on who said that, but it goes along the lines of, you know, if they love the Lord and you love the Lord and you could benefit the kingdom better together than you could apart, like being single then get married. It doesn't need to be something so complicated. If you know, you both are committed to the Lord and you could serve the Lord together those little things are great. I mean, you look back even a hundred years, like they didn't have all these feelings of, well, are we compatible? Compatible is, that's that's a new word when it comes to marriage. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be compatible in every single area. You need respect, you need love, you need service, and you need commitment. And even the connectedness feeling that everyone's chasing, um, that doesn't expect, that doesn't, um, the connectedness does not need to affect your commitment. Like you're committed before the Lord and to each other. And it's, in scripture clearly laid out how that needs to look and don't need to have all these cultural stigmas around it. Yeah. You don't need to find which type of person you are and whether or not you guys would get along well. Like if you go to a Chinese restaurant and read the back of the menu where it says like you're uh compatible ma- with this cow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think I'm a mouse and I don't know what Emma is, but yeah, you don't need to get into all that stuff. Like it, you don't need to look for compatibility because when it talks about the Lord bringing two people together. Um, he brings two people together. And if he ordains two people to be married, then he's the one that is going to lead them in that. None of his promises fall off whether or not you guys like each other um, or get along each day or someone's introverted and someone's extroverted or something like that. Some uh, human philosophy that's going to tell you this is the right match. Um because that's just not how it works. People change in five years, 10 years. And um, the longer people get married, the more they kind of 
become a person together personality wise like so it's not like it's going to be rocky in every single marriage in the beginning because it's just completely different people trying to be in close quarters um that brings about incredible catastrophic sanctification in each of you um so compatibility isn't something that you need to look for you need to look for love of the lord and um just that you enjoy spending time together when it comes to secondary issues for the woman i would say if your husband or your uh engaged to be husband is not where you think is accurate um like okay for instance let's give the example of baptism say one say the woman is a credo baptist and the man is a pedo baptist and say she believes that credo is biblical and she is thinking maybe this is i mean maybe it's a bad example because it does affect the kids regardless you get what i'm saying a secondary issue and she wants the man to be on her side one way that she can trust on a secondary issue or third dairy or whatever the lines are is that if he does love the lord and if you know that this man is committed to truth and he is committed to the word of god you know the lord will lead him in truth so that might mean leading him to your belief or what's common is the woman does follow the man so when you get married and if you're living out submission properly if he is right in the lord you are going to follow naturally that i can think that's pretty near in every area that we've struggled with we were very different on a lot of things when we got married for instance he was very much so not a calvinist i was very much so a calvinist he was leaning more pedo baptist and i was abhorred at the idea of it like quite mm-hmm. truly and a number of other things go on when it comes to that and he did become a calvinist so that was one of those things he continued to pursue that truth and he saw that was truth a few months maybe six months after we got married and then he spent the first three years leaning more pedo and then it was just recently that I had just submitted and said, okay, you know what? I'm going to hear you without any feeling that I need to defend anything. And I'm just going to listen to you and respect what you believe. And I think I allowed, I I just kind of submitted to, okay, you can hold this belief for the family and I'm going to commit to that. And then slowly the Lord opened my eyes to what I believe to be true as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely don't think that you need to be theologically completely all in order. Um, with each other in order to be married. Um, yeah, you're going to have differences, but I would encourage, again, female listeners that are listening is that, you know, even if when they're on those secondary matters to just trust your husband to lead, that is one of the areas that God is calling him to lead as, you know, the spiritual head in your home. So even if you don't agree with him, if it's not a primary foundational matter that is going to deter your kids from the faith, then you need to let your husband lead in that and just trust the Lord with it. Mm-hmm. And, I think also a rule of thumb is the wife will normally take the husband's um, theology as time goes on, just because women naturally submit to men. Mm-hmm. Well, they, you know, their sin nature doesn't, but that's what God intends for them to do. <laughs> um, sanctified wives naturally submit to their husbands. Um, so in that, they'll submit to their theology and can grow. So I would encourage women if they're pursuing a man and um, he's strongly committed to a heresy that don't expect you're just going to conform him, um, but to really seek counsel about where that person stands and, you know, mm, how they point, Yeah, Because it might be like, for instance, Pado Baptist before we were 
married and he was really, really paid a Baptist. And if I was still where I was, where I was really, really credo Baptist, um, like that might not be the best situation for some couples to get married at that. That might cause real division, you know, cause someone's conscience might be really strong in that area. So it's good to receive counsel too. Is this an area that would cause too much of a divide getting married? Mm-hmm. And also I think with COVID happening and everybody getting shaken up in the church, a lot of conspiracies have happened and a lot of people have gotten into things like that. And I think in the theology world, people have gotten a lot more serious about minor detail or minor doctrines and gotten very passionate for them. Um, so if someone's like really passionate about something, it doesn't mean that they'll be like that forever. You know, if they're, um, correct or incorrect, like it just might be a phase. So just, yeah, as long as they love the Lord, um, and the Lord has brought you guys together to where, you're in a position to start dating and it's ordained and you know go forward with it if you would like to if you enjoy spending time with that person and they'd love the lord and they're not a heretic get married (laughs) (laughs) what advice do you have for single men um i think yeah to conquer the dragon each day um to continue to kill um lust and um desire in that way um it does come with the consistency of killing it um you can't just put it away it's uh something that you need to do daily um and then i would also say to um to think about the girl that you want to end up marrying and then try to be the man that she would want to marry. So shaping up your life, trying to put yourself together, getting, being able to provide um, for yourself and another. So he needs to be able to do that. And I think that gives a confidence to a man to be able to provide for himself and another one. And when he's able to do that, um, I think that gives him the confidence to be able to pursue women and have them, um, you know, as candidates and people to talk to and get to know, um, knowing that he has himself put together and um, that he would be able to provide and take care of them. Um, So, yeah, I would say figure out what you're doing for a job and work as hard as you can and um, be able to provide for yourself and another and if possible buy a home and then to go out and look for women in your church or other churches around that love the Lord and um, yeah not to wait for the girl to come propose or wait for God to ordain this you know special moment where you guys you know, walk into each other or something. Um, but to walk up to a girl and try and get to know her. And what advice do you have for single women? I would say that if you want to prepare for ways to respect your future husband, respect your dad, um, you know, looking back, I remember one time specifically where I met with my dad and it was after a little fallout and my dad 
was telling me that he wanted me to be done with Will. And I was not at that point at all. I had finally really started, you know, wanting to marry him. And I had, I just sat there and my dad just kind of told me all his thoughts. My dad was upset about something. And I had told my dad, um, I said, dad, like, I don't want this to happen. And I said, but whatever you decide, I'll be okay with. And I'm content with that. And Will went out to meet with my dad after that. And I thought my dad was going to tell Will that we were done, but thankfully my dad didn't, you know, things cooled down. And, um, I think that that moment was the first time that I realized like, okay, if I'm going to marry Will soon, like I really need to keep practicing those. I need to keep respecting my dad and trusting my dad's leadership in this. And so I would say to young ladies that if you want to prepare to respect your husband and prepare what that's going to feel like to submit, you need to start submitting to your dad. And, um, obviously there comes, it's cases where women don't have godly fathers and you know that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to address all those things, but you know, to respect the men in your life. And the other thing I would say is to be a woman of the word now, be growing in your theology because you are called to be your husband's helper. And one of those ways is by giving godly counsel, like Proverbs 31 woman, um, she is praised for her wisdom of her mouth and her honor, her husband is honored in the city gates because of her wisdom. So be growing in wisdom and, um, yeah, be a woman of the word. <laughs>